What's going on guys? Welcome back to the channel. Um, I'm hoping this will be a shorter episode for those who prefer the long ones. I'm sorry, but recording on my end very late at night. <laughs> I'm extremely tired. It's been an insane week. Um, this was a, a episode we were supposed to have with a guest. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. Um, so had to take care of it ourselves. Um, so now we're about to launch episode. This week we'll be talking about purity culture. Um, for those who are new to the channel, I'm asking that you'll consider subscribing, liking, all those things. If you're on YouTube, if you're on Apple, please consider five star. Share with a friend. Anybody you believe these topics can edify, share the podcast with them. But today's episode will be talking about purity culture. So if you've never heard of somebody use that term, it's kind of a way to say how the church addressed the subject of sex in the past um, couple of decades. Um, and sadly, it wasn't something that we probably did our best on. Maybe we were you know, trying our hardest to keep kids from having sex that we said a whole lot of things that you know, ended up being harmful or or people felt harmed or people felt attacked. So I want to mention a little bit, you know, the guests that we were supposed to have wanted to mention all the negatives. And I don't really think, quote unquote, purity culture is a negative thing because if you think about it, a, a culture of purity should be something we desire. You know, so I want to kind of look at it from both angles um, because I think a lot of young people, they left church or they ended up, you know, terminating their babies or hiding that they were doing certain things all because we were focused on what people thought rather than what the will of God was. Um, so I definitely want to talk a little bit about that. But before I do dive into it, we do have a sponsor for today's podcast. So I'm going to get that, just talk about that immediately. So this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. BetterHelp is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with your with a licensed therapist in under 48 hours. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and the Golly Dating 101 podcast listeners will get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Godly. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Godly. Now on to the episode. So we'll be talking about purity culture. So there was there's a perfect example. About a year or two ago or so, Matthew West, I believe the artist was, he made a song about, you know, purity with his daughter, you know, teaching his daughters the right things, and it backfired on social media. And one would think somebody encouraging their kids to be sexually pure is not for one, it's not even your business, but why would it offend you? Um, but it shows how far society is that somebody talks about this and it triggers some saints. So hopefully it just doesn't get me canceled by me talking about that. But I want you to understand that we need to understand that God does desire a culture of purity out of us. Um, purity is not just something that is sexual, you know, but the Bible call, says, be ye holy for I am holy in First Peter 1, 15, 16. And verse 15 says to be holy in all conduct, which means behavior. All the ways that we carry ourselves as Christians, we should aim for holiness, which is set apart. When something is pure, it's not tainted, you know, by the things of this world. So God desires a culture of purity in the church. In Ephesians 5, 3 and the I believe it's the NIV. It says there shouldn't even be a hint of sexual immorality once you become a saint. You know, and I'm throwing a lot of verses out there. So if you have to pause and go back, it is what it is. Somebody already reached out and told me, hey, you guys should definitely start putting your, your notes on the on the blog page. And it's just because I'm one person and it gets overwhelming. But I'll make sure I, I, kept, I heard you. I keep that in mind. You know, I'm going to make sure I start doing that. But 
in regards to purity culture, I don't know how many people would, how people would define it because to me, it wasn't something we ever said in my church. Um, but apparently it was the era when people were pushing the purity rings. Oh, you know, I'm giving you this ring and it's a promise that I'm going to marry. It's a purity ring. And everybody's like, Hey, virginity rocks. And you know, but there was still that downside. Whereas if a woman wasn't a virgin, a lot of it was attacking women, but if the person wasn't a virgin, then you're now seen as damaged goods. Um, you made a mistake. Now your husband has to deal with that baggage and your wife has to deal with that baggage. And it's like it put a lot of psychological damage, um, did a lot of damage more than our leaders and our elders and all those people would have desired. So I understand the frustration with some of the saints whenever this topic came up. You know, so I, I just want to say I want to talk a little bit about the issues um, that 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 culture, you know, that purity culture um, can cause and how we should really look at it, you know, because I don't want us to dismiss something just because it had a lot of negative side effects. Well, like they say, you eat the meat and spit out the bones. Everything isn't perfect. Only thing perfect is God, um, you know, and anytime humans get involved, things are going to be a little skewed, you know, so I don't want to just uh, simply dismiss it, you know, so there's a few things I want to talk about. Number one, a problem that I had with purity culture is the fact that it's targeted towards women. Now, when I created this page, my goal is I want to help men and women. But I do understand it's more women in the church. More women are going to listen to episodes like this than a guy. Most guys aren't going to click something that says purity culture. So if you're a guy watching this video and you're desiring to live a holy life, a pure life, I would love if you comment below <laughs> saying, hey, man of God here, you know, stopping to be who God called me to be. Because that encourages other brothers to let them know, hey, there are godly men out there. And a lot of sisters think it's just them. But there are godly men out there. But my thing is, Purity culture was always seemed to be a big push on a woman, what the women do. Um, we don't say enough about men being pure. And that's a huge issue, in my opinion, you know, because we do our best to prepare women. And while there's nothing wrong with that, we have overly prepared women and underprepared men. So you have a woman who's ready to be a wife, a woman who's ready to be a mom, a woman who's ready to, to, to do the things of God. Then you have men who don't know their calling. You have men who are absolutely lazy. You have men who can't lead a woman or can't lead a family. And it's like, why are we focused so much on what she's wearing? And we're telling the woman, be modest. Because if you're modest, modest is hottest. You know, we make comments like that. But then there's the guy who's very inappropriate in his clothing and we're not addressing that with him as well so i need us to understand that the goal should never be monitoring what a woman is wearing now me i don't care and i'm not saying that because i know predominantly woman audience because i don't care if i offend someone if i'm speaking the truth i want you to understand that the women god didn't write the scriptures for women it is men that is called by the same standards of holiness and purity and righteousness that god would desire for his entire, for the entire body of Christ. You know, so instead of us monitoring what a woman wears, we need to be teaching principles of modesty to both genders. Bear in mind, there's only two genders. If you're listening to this channel and you believe in the, the alphabet community, you know, I respect that, but there's only two genders, biologically speaking. Um, but we need to do a better job of discipling men. And I think that's where we, a lot of things went wrong because we have godly women but we have men with our lust problems and then we go into marriage and we corrupt the home or you have men 
with our anger problems. And then we go in there, we don't know how to control ourselves. So we have men who are immodest expecting their woman to be modest. Hey girl, you need to cover up, but he doesn't know what it means to cover up. Hey girl, you got to do this, but he doesn't know how to walk in integrity because a woman is supposed to submit to you naturally. But that happens naturally when you're first submitted to God, when God has been working on you. Because why is that woman following you if you're not leading her to Christ? And that's why I like talking about the parts that we have to address as men, because I believe that men, we we set the tone. I believe I set the tone in my home. My wife is an amazing wife and mom, but I believe I have to set the tone. If I want my family to be spiritual, I need to be spiritual. I can't expect my wife to be pure and then I'm doing foolishness, you know, so. When we, when purity culture was kind of targeting women and it wasn't really targeting men, there was a lot of men, a lot of women who were told, hey, virginity rocks. And then there were a lot of men who slept with the entire youth group. And then now they're waiting on a wife that's a virgin. And it's like, hey, bro, (laughs) we serious right now? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But that was the thing. We placed so much of an emphasis on women. And I want us to understand that this kind of leads into that culture I don't want to say that because YouTube will flag it, but that culture where people get abused. Now, bear in mind, men and women get sexually assaulted. That's not something to joke about. That's not something to minimize. And I believe that if a man or a woman say something, we need to hear them out because it could have happened. You know what I'm saying? But there's a lot of times where when a woman gets abused, a lot of times what we say is, well, what was she wearing? You know, that purity culture, she was supposed to be perfect. You know, so we're asking, okay, what were you doing? Were you drinking? Were you flirting with them? What caused it? What did you do to invite that? You know what I mean? Rather than addressing someone else's problem, we're trying to figure out what did I do wrong? What did she do wrong? You know, but the only thing that caused the attack was the attacker, the predator, the person who did that thing. You know what I mean? And it's not my emotions or it's not my my personality that caused it. It's not my flirtations, flirtatious ways that caused this person, you know, to take advantage of me. But it was simply what they decided to do and we need to stop guilt tripping people stop attacking people and pointing the blame at the victim when a lot of people don't know how to respond to these things you know what i mean so it's just like i feel like purity culture don't even doesn't even realize it um but how how easily we've we've silenced women in the church and you know or we silence the abused or silence the assaulted or silence the victims and god cares about them um perfect example of second samuel um, chapter 13, verse 20 through 22. I'll read the NLT. Um, but there's so this is after Amnon takes advantage of his half sister Tamar. Read that in context if you don't know what I'm saying. Her brother Absalom saw her and asked, Is it true that Amnon has been with you? Well, my sister, keep quiet for now. Since he's your brother, don't you worry about it. So Tamar lived as a desolate woman in her brother's house. When King David heard what had happened, he was very angry and Though Absalom never spoke to Amnon about this, he hated Amnon deeply because of what he had done to his sister. So we all get that in this scenario, Amnon, you know, Absalom, he, his thing was, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything because my goal is to kill this guy. You just take advantage of my sister. I'm gonna kill you. But we need to understand in today's day and age, a lot of people are silencing women and pretending that this is not happening in the church. We try to sit here and pretend that people have not been victimized in the church, that people have not been wounded in the church, taken advantage of by people in ministry in the church. We try to pretend these things aren't happening, but that doesn't resolve anything. You know, so while we're we're, we're so worried about Tamar, don't say anything. He's your brother. You don't want to bring a disgrace. 
Um, so am I supposed to just sit here and be desolate, sit here, lose my mind? You know, so I think a lot of purity culture, it, it focuses so much on the wrong aspects, you know, and too many women were told they needed to be pure. But I think men, you know, there was a huge gap that they weren't um, pushing that towards men as well. You know, and I'm not saying I, I appreciate what a church tries to feminize men. I think there's a lot of things whereas if a man is masculine or a man is tough, he's viewed as a threat. That's a problem that needs to be addressed. And that probably needs to be addressed in a future episode for sure. But I want us to understand that it is necessary to talk about both sides of this. When there was a woman caught in the act of adultery in John chapter 8, 3 through 4, it says, And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken into adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken into adultery in a very act. So now we have a woman here in John chapter 8 with a woman who was caught in adultery. If you're caught in a literal act of adultery, that means there's a second person. But they never brought the guy. They only brought the woman. Where was this guy? And why were we ready to stone the woman and not the guy? Because the law in Leviticus 20, if you reverse Leviticus 20, 10 through 12, it talks about the man who sleeps with that woman he ain't married to. Hey, all of y'all getting some stones. So we can see that there's a lot of times where, and bear in mind, people, a lot of people attack purity culture, but you can see the disparities that happen even in the scripture. They're so easy for us to, to, to give men a pass and then attack the women. And that's something we have to fix because we have so many men who are so carnal but they're so used to being overlooked. I know plenty of men who are anointed, yes, and they're gifted, sure, but they're sleeping with everyone in the church. I've seen that scenario, but you leave them in ministry because ah, he's a preacher, he's a singer, he plays music, and it's like, well, yes, God is merciful, but the church is a consecrated place. There's no time to invite sin into the church. First Corinthians 5, it says, if you even know somebody is claiming to be a believer, and living in fornication, you say you shouldn't even eat with those people. So if Paul is saying don't eat with them, why are we allowing them to minister in our pulpits? Purity culture. Back to the, what I'm saying. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The second thing about purity culture, a lot of things that they convince women, it says you'll be worth pursuing if you're celibate. That's a huge issue, you know? Because what the, what the devil was doing was allowing us to, to put our identity in our sexuality rather than in Christ. What we were being conditioned to do is put our, our worth and our value in our efforts, our human efforts to preserve our, our purity. So now when somebody made a mistake, they weren't even, man, they just put themselves in a bad predicament. They were, they were late night. They weren't even thinking. Maybe y'all were even drinking, you know, story for another day. And then you made that mistake. And now you feel as though no one will pursue you as a wife. Now you feel as though no man, no woman will talk to you as a husband. I literally just spoke to a gentleman, great guy, a lot of things going for him. And, you know, you know, the, those little asking for a friend type questions. And dude is like, well, do you think no one will want to talk to me, you know, because of because of my past with that? And I'm looking at it like people are really upset about something that you were doing when you weren't living for God. And, you know, and that's the problem, because we're telling people your worth is in your purity. 
your, your physical purity. But when God sees a pure saint, he's not talking about your virginity. God is looking at somebody who's living for him, walking in his righteousness, obeying his word, having faith in him, walking in truth, born of water and spirit. God is not paying attention to God does care about your virginity, obviously. He cares about your how you preserve your sexuality. First Thessalonians tells us the will of God is to avoid fornication. But God is not saying you're a first-class saint and that's a second-class saint. We have to stop that. You know, because I want us to understand that saving yourself from marriage is admirable. Admirable. It's the will of God. But that isn't the reason why you save yourself. I'm not protecting my purity or remaining celibate or remaining abstinent, however you want to put on word it. You're not doing those things because it makes you a wife worth pursuing. You're not doing those things because it makes you a husband worth being with. You should be doing that because you realize there was a God who loved me. And the Bible says that he purchased me with his blood. And if your body belongs to God, 1 Corinthians 6 says that I was bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God with my body. So now God is saying, hey, I know you want to do what you, whatever, you know, whatever comes to mind, but you don't even belong to yourself. If you're claiming to be a Christian, if you're an atheist listening to this, Buddhist, believe any other religion, I'm not referring to you. But the people who claim to be believers, you were bought with a price. I'm not talking about everybody else, but you, the one who claims to be a believer, you were bought with a price, meaning your body does not belong to you. So I'm not doing this because I desire to get a spouse. I'm doing this because I know it honors God. I'm doing this because I'm glorifying God. Romans 12 puts it this way. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So living a life that honors God and pleases God is not for a blessing. I'm not doing this because it guarantees me a spouse. I'm doing this because I want more of Jesus. I just want to please him. I want to be intimate with him. I want to I want to experience his glory. I want to see. I want to know him. I want Paul mentioned in Philippians 3:10 that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. A lot of us, we just want to experience Jesus in the church and the goosebumps and what feels good, but I want to experience what it means to suffer with him. I want to experience what it means to be close to him. I want to hear his voice. That's what Paul is saying. True intimacy and knowing God really is. Philippians 3:10. I want you guys to read that on your free time. We're doing this because we want to honor God. Because let me say this, and I don't want you to click off if you're on YouTube. At least if you click off, please hit the like button and then share with a friend before you hit off. Um, but the Bible tells us that we should honor God. But I want you to understand that there's going to be so many virgins, so many abstinent people who love God that won't get married. I know you, hey, Tavares is a heretic. You're about to dislike button hey tomato 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 i don't want to hear it boo tell us what we want to hear i know i know i know that's not ideal but i want you to understand we're not doing this to please um to please ourselves or to get a gift from god god told abraham hey get out of here i'm gonna bless you make your father many nations but then he in genesis 12 and i think it's genesis 16 right after after a while but he tells him but i'm your exceeding great reward you can receive all these things in the world, but it's me that's your greatest reward. I'm your true, I'm your biggest blessing. So we have to realize I'm doing this because I want God. And purity culture has taught us that we should be doing these things to get something in return. Um, and that's not how God looks at it. Another aspect is this. There are times when, when purity culture promotes a false sense of spirituality. 
Um, in Matthew 15 and 8, it says it like this. This people draws nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. It's very possible that you can do all of the right things for the wrong reasons. It's possible that you can do a whole bunch of things that quote unquote honor God, but your motives weren't necessarily right. So now it's great that you are a virgin when you get married. It's great that you were celibate or abstinent before you got married. But did you do that because you were worried about what your spouse was going to think or were you doing it because you were trying to honor God? And that's when it shows that you can do all these things with your mouth. You can praise me. You can preach, sing. You can tweet about me and you can place in your stories with your cool reels about the goodness of God. But if you're doing it for affirmation from men, you got to say your heart is still far away. So you're doing something spiritual, but your heart is not in it. And that's what I want us to understand that is not enough to do something with the wrong motives. You know, a lot of people, I think we, we miss that mark, you know, because we're just trying to impress other people. But God is not asking you to flex your spiritual muscles. He's calling us to die to self and live for him. That's what God really wants for his church, for us to live for him. You know, so and I think a lot of us, we have to understand that God wants to purify our motives you know, the Bible does make it clear. Faith without works is dead. We should be desiring to show our faith by our actions. I get that. But we need to, God to purify our motives because there's a lot that I do that I want to make sure that I'm never doing this for money. Um, the podcast, it brings in income now. I'm, I'm so thankful um, before I go back to school for, for nursing that I have the privilege, you know, to, to minister to people. Um, but I don't want to ever think I'm on YouTube or podcasting or youth pastoring at my church or doing any of these things because it brings accolades. Because people can hand clap. The people that cried, Hosanna, crucified Jesus. Um, the Me receiving money, what if I don't get money from any of this? Am I passionate about it? I created this without getting paid, and I will end this without getting paid. I'm doing this because I believe there's a believer out there in the world who feels discouraged as they pursue after holiness. So I look at all the trending, I haven't spoken about this in a long time, that's the reason I'm talking about it now, but I look at a lot of trending um, podcasters and trending pastors and YouTubers because there's a lot of things that I want to do, and I want to look at what's trending, like how how are they getting these people attention? But my thing is, Am I looking at those because I'm envious and that's where I have to check my spirit or what I have to make sure? Well, is my motive right? Am I doing this because that's a way to get money? You know, it's like I have to make sure that I keep my heart pure because I want to make sure that whatever I do, I'm doing it because God has assigned me to it. Not because it brings in money, not because it gets me a spouse, not because it makes me look more holy than you. And I believe that so many of us were doing so many things to try to look holy in somebody's eyes. And we're worried about what everyone else thinks, but God sees the heart. So while everybody else sees you, hey, there goes Tavares the virgin. God sees there goes Tavares the outside virgin, but inside his heart is full of perversion. So who's really fooling themselves? But I believe God wants to purify our hearts because we often think, well, if I just if I just delight myself in the Lord, I'm going to get a spouse. No, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I need you to understand that as you delight in God's presence, that means you're basking in his glory. You're allowing him to change you, conform you into his image, which means your desires begin to change. Your 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 desires, your wants, your needs, your, your urges begin to change according to his glory, which means you're going to start desiring what God wants you to have. So please understand that is the reason why. 
we need to delight in God's presence because if we're delighting in him, he'll give us the relationships that we need. He'll give us the things that we need. And then, you know, that's the last thing I mentioned on this is the fact that, uh, you know, I briefly touched on it, but it's the fact that purity culture just is like people really get the impression that that means they're going to get married. Purity culture um, was making people think that they'll get a spouse. But even if you don't get one, you should be doing this not um, trying to orchestrate a love story. But you should be doing this to give God glory. Because abstinence is never our idea. It was God's. Um, being pure sexually was not our idea in our way to impress God. But it was His will for our lives. If you read the Word of God, it makes it clear. You know, a lot of people, you know, and I want, I understand people are always pushing an agenda to our youth, pushing an agenda to our women, pushing an agenda to our men, trying to convince us we need to live a certain way in order to please um, please them or get approval. But I want you to understand that we're not doing any of this to get approval. We're doing this to please God. First Thessalonians 4, 3 through 8, God's will is for you to be holy. So stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God in his ways. Never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this matter by violating his wife. For the Lord avenges all such sins. As we have solemnly warned you before, God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching, but is rejecting God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. So, I don't know. I hope you listen to the end, but I don't want you placing your virginity on a pedestal. Even if you're not a virgin and you committed yourself to being abstinent until you got married, get that off of his pedestal. We, God be praised. I'm celebrating with you that for the person who hasn't had sex um, since they broke up with their ex for the last six months, person who's been two years strong, person 10 years strong, praise God. But I don't care. Because you weren't doing that to get you a good spouse. You were doing that to get back aligned with the Holy Spirit. So if we're trying to please God, we need to stop worrying about what everybody else thinks. That's the only, That's what I need us to focus on. It's not about what everyone else thinks. We're doing this because we want to glorify God. Is it easy? No. Does it guarantee a spouse? Also no. But does it please God? Absolutely, without a doubt. So forgot all you guys who listen to the end, I want you to tell me your thoughts on purity culture. Do you think this is something that has been problematic either in your church or in churches you've seen? Has this negatively affected you? Like there's a lot of women who mention they started hating the way they look or hating, you know, their sexuality because they felt as though sex was never taught properly with just shame culture. You have to live pure. You know, were you one of those people who experienced that? Comment your thoughts below. Let me know your thoughts on purity culture and then, you know, we'll keep it going from there. But as always, I love you guys. I appreciate all you guys that support the channel. If you are not already, consider joining our Patreon family. Support the channel, getting some merch, cash app, PayPal, all those things. You'll feel free. But I would love to see all of you guys buying merch and tagging me when you receive it. Um, you know, but I'll see you guys next Thursday. And hopefully we got it figured out with the next guest. And it's not confusing again like it was this week. Love y'all. Be blessed. Peace.